customers know and understand that project managers and SI partners, they're people too. Everyone's going to make mistakes. It's how you react to those mistakes that's very telling and really determines if you're going to build that trust or create concern. This is the ERP Organizational Change Journal podcast, brought to you by Nestle & Associates, a Newport Beach, California-based ERP organizational change management firm serving the private equity industry. The ERP OCJ seeks to share expertise, insight, experience, and research, and to create effective conversation to help guide ERP organizational change to real, measurable, and verified success. And now, here's your ERP expert and host, the founder of Nestle & Associates, Dr. Jack Nestle. Hey, Jack here. Today we're going to discuss ERP organizational change implementation with a longtime practitioner. We will discuss ERP success, ERP implementation project management, the role of corporate culture, common challenges, learning and development, and more. All of us here at the ERP OCJ hope you find this podcast useful as we share lessons learned, discover best practices, and explore the human components of ERP organizational change. In this episode, we will discuss ERP success practitioner insights with Brett Bobeth. Brett is a Certified Information Systems Auditor, or CISA, a PMP, Project Management Professional, and an ERP author. For the past 25 years, Brett has helped customers select, implement, and manage ERP solutions across five industries. Brett is a growing thought leader for ERP deployment, ERP organizational change, and realization strategies. He is currently assisting customers in realizing business value from Oracle ERP cloud investments. He is a program manager for Oracle ERP at MassTech. Brett also has a blog, ERP the Right Way, and I recommend that you check that out. Brett shares in his LinkedIn profile that I am not arrogant enough to believe that I know it all or that any ERP vendor is the keeper of all best practices, nor do I blindly subscribe that the customer is always right. So let's learn more with Brett. Joining us from the Denver area, Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Jack. I appreciate it and the introduction. So yeah. let me just give you a little background on myself. So again, sure. as you said, for the past 25 years, I've been working on uh, ERP implementations, and I've really been blessed. Uh, across the 25 years, I've been able to work on three ERP platforms. I was able to work in the space across many different implementation roles, both from a functional perspective and a technical perspective. So initially, I started off my career as a technical consultant and kind of worked my way up the food chain to a project manager, program manager. So not your typical path to project management, but I believe the journey was very good and provided me with a lot of insights. I do have a lot of experience in one particular area, and it's being a hotshot. And so I define a hotshot <laughs> as someone that you throw into an implementation when things go wrong. And it's about figuring out where you're at, coming up with a game plan, and then moving forward with success. So that's a little bit me in, in a nutshell. Again, I like to learn and share what I've learned with others. I think it helps me become not only a better person, but a better project manager. Yeah, absolutely. And, and definitely appreciate this forum to talk with your audience today and look forward to the additional questions you have for me, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Brett. Appreciate it. And uh, really looking forward to sharing your insight and your experience and in your passion with our listeners. So thank you for that. So, Brett, first question then, uh, and this is one we like to ask a lot of practitioners and, and our ERP vendors that are on our program, but how would you define ERP, Enterprise Resource Planning, for our listeners? What does that mean to you in terms of how you define it? Well, thank you for that loaded question. I appreciate that, Jack. <laughs> it is a loaded question. <laughs> Let's talk about it in terms of basic definition and some key points kind of supporting that basic definition. I look at ERP as deeply integrated, best practice, business support solution. Now, here are the drivers for that definition. Number one, integration trumps functionality in an ERP solution. What is a key competitive advantage of ERP? 
is that it's deeply integrated. And integration very much has an impact on the overall ERP success. Number two, it's the notion that business leads and technology supports. So I know that in many sales pitches you might hear on ERP software, you'll get the comment that ERP will help lead your business or drive your business. But technology never truly drives your business. And it's important to remember that business needs to lead and needs to you know, help define the future. And then ERP plays a supporting role in that solution. Third, when we talk about best practices, we're talking about common practices, not competitive practices. So these are practices that are generally accepted by an industry or companies as far as being as efficient as possible. But you think about it, Jack, who wants to share a competitive practice? Understanding that differences is important into better understanding what ERP is as well as what it is not. And then finally, ERP is just one component of a business solution. You have the business processes and you have the people. People are the most important component of a business solution. ERP, technology supports, business leads. Great answer, Brett. Thank you. So you mentioned in that response, this idea of ERP success. So let me follow up on that uh, with my second question for you. Suppose you're leading a kickoff meeting for an organization that is just starting an ERP implementation. How would you define and describe for them success in terms of ERP organizational change? So you provided a great explanation and an answer to what is ERP, but what does it look like to successfully implement ERP? It's not straightforward, Jack, and I really had to spend some time digging on this, researching this, and actually wrote wrote a blog article on, on this. I look at it in terms of two areas, user adoption and user engagement. And both of these can be managed. When I'm talking about user adoption, I'm talking about how are your users involved in your ERP implementation? What training have they taken? What test cases have they executed? Also, how many users are actually using the solution that you're providing? These attributes can be quantified and can be tracked and can be measured. On the user engagement side, it's more about How are they using the solution? Are they using the solution correctly? So I'll look at things like how many manual transactions are they doing? And if they're doing an inordinate amount, I want to know why. Is it because we didn't provide the functionality or the functionality is there, but the people are not using it for one reason or another? Also, how many corrective transactions are they doing? That really speaks to, okay, why wasn't it done right in the first place? Is this a training gap? Is it that the functionality is not working as designed? Also, exception transactions, identifying the root cause, if you will, for these transactions, Mm -hmm. whether that is, again, related to training or it could actually be a software issue, you know, that requires additional work to ensure that the software is working correctly. So those are the two areas that I look at in defining success. So Hmm. can I give you percentages? No, not really. I I shoot for 100% on both. (laughs) Do do I get (laughs) that? No. (laughs) Will I ever get that? Probably not. But you're looking at least between that 80 to 100% range of getting that. And that just doesn't happen overnight, right? There's a a window called uh, sustainability. When once you go live, you know, everything's new. And there's a time where the organization is learning how to best utilize the ERP system and vice versa. Uh, There's always that shakeout time. And the more that you can reduce that window, uh, the better results you're going to get, especially in these two key areas. And that goes back to effective organizational change, as well as training and enablement. Those are not nice-to-haves. Those are mandatory for your success. Sure. So, Brett, you mentioned a couple of percentages there in terms of the success with those two components that you uh, described for us. 
But how would you describe your general understanding of ERP implementation success rates in the field, you know, based on your work, anecdotal evidence of others in your research? I think anyone that's been in the practice as long as, as you have and I have and a lot of our colleagues, uh, it's a pretty tough business. But what would you say if you just have to give some sort of rate in terms of success? So you provided what ERP is to our listeners. You gave your definition of success. What would you say are the success rates in practice in, in general? And forgive me, I'm probably going to give you a generic answer on this, but generally they're half of where they need to be. Mm. So uh, what's important as far as you know improving success rates is knowing and understanding that you can go live with an ERP system and still not be successful. So number one, it's kind of understanding that dynamic and then really, okay, you're, you're live. Okay. From a SI partner perspective or a consultant, you say they're, they're live, they're successful. Not necessarily. You really need to stretch and think a little bit further in terms of how customers define success. Number one, because it's usually not done during the sales cycle. It's really done during the implementation where you really get deep down into the weeds in terms of what defines success. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a couple of areas that you need to focus on, especially as a project manager. First and foremost, customer expectations. If customer expectations are way up here and you know what they're implementing is not even close to their expectations, first thing I do as a project manager is, okay, I need to reset some expectations. You're setting the bar so high, I can't even touch it. And there's no hope of me of, of touching that. So let's work to get to some realistic expectations. I think that that's not done as much as it should be during ERP implementations. It's a tough job, granted, you know, because they just got sold, you know, something that sounds wonderful. And then all of a sudden you come in and say, well, let me tell you the real story, you know, what you're getting. You know, that's a good point, right? Because I think a lot of what we need to do as practitioners, and and this isn't easy, is be very honest about the realities and expectations about as far as what the organization is about to endure. And it is challenging. There's so many dynamics and so many variables, and it is very challenging. So I, I think that part you mentioned about just being realistic, being honest about it is a huge part of being proactive, you know, about the whole expectation piece. Right, Jack. And you know that during the sales cycle, whenever you define what the scope is going to be and what the price is going to be, you're still operating at a high level. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not in the weeds yet. So you're making a lot of assumptions. You're assuming a lot of constraints that are going to be proven during the implementation. And it leads to the second point that I I see happen more times than not is compromising quality for margin. So Mm. it's knowing that, okay, there's a delta here. How do I address that delta? I think sometimes in the project management community, we put too much emphasis on on time, in scope, in budget, and not enough on customer satisfaction. So you know, something's got to give, right, Jack? And, yeah. and usually yeah. you start cutting corners. And when you start doing that, it, it has an impact. So let me ask you this, Brett, um, speaking of project management, you know, as you had alluded to in the previous responses, you know, you've talked to this idea of technology and people and processes, but from your experience implementing ERP, what would you say are the most critical aspects of ERP implementation project management? So just from a project management perspective, can you share any insight with our listeners and, and any key ideas? Sure. Absolutely. I, I focus on three areas. So number one, competency. You got to know your stuff, right? You have to understand the skills and the activities that a project manager is responsible for. You know, I, I see that kind of like as the basics. You have to know the basics. Along with that, what's also important is your attitude. As a project manager, and I can say this freely, I've never been on the same project twice. There's always some difference. And I'm always hitting something that, you know what, that's new. That's new. Uh, This is a wrinkle I I never encountered before. Or this situation, I'm working with the customer. Their organization is different than what I've seen before. So having the right attitude to be aggressive and know that, 
it's a challenge that each customer is going to present you with challenges. And how are you going to react to those challenges? Are you going to see that as a learning opportunity, as a way to improve? Or, you know, the other side, look at it as, okay, it's an inconvenience, right? You look at it as an inconvenience, guess what? That's going to directly impact the customer and their experience. Whether you say it directly or or not, but if you see it, as, okay, here's an opportunity for me to stretch because that's when customer satisfaction goes up. Yeah. Because the experience is, is that much better. I love what you say about the attitude piece, right? I think that's a huge factor in success. And I think it is something that a lot of ERP implementation practitioners may undervalue is just this general idea of, of attitude. And, you know, the idea that you mentioned, it's how you react to challenges. And I think it is important that, you know, sometimes going into a project from a project management perspective, it's all about just preventing the challenges from happening to begin with, right? It's about being extremely proactive. But I also think that just given the nature and the reality of ERP implementation, that you can't prevent all the challenges, but what you can do is react to those challenges in the proper way. So it's, it's fine to try to prevent, you know, through all the tactical mechanisms that project management brings to us and the best practices, but it's also just as much about being prepared in the way that you react and respond to challenges. So I really like that comment. Right. Absolutely, Jake. It's, it's just being practical and knowing that, hey, you're going to fall flat on your face on this project somewhere, somehow. It's best to be prepared and be able to address it versus trying to do everything as possible to minimize risk. So the other two areas is is credibility and then transparency. What I mean by credibility is you take ownership. You have a certain reputation that Mm -hmm. the customer knows that when something is given to you or is escalated to you, they know it's going to get taken care of. And of course, that's built over time with any project. But that's important in terms of the success for a project manager is that the customer trusts you. They see you not as a third party, but as an integral partner in the project team. And that they know that, hey, if you're responsible for this or this has been identified for you, that you're going to see this to conclusion. And that kind of gets back to that attitude and just tenacity. You know, it's a lot of hustle to be a good project manager. Uh, That might sound, um, you know, simple. It's just true. And then transparency. Say what you can do and what you can't do. Be honest. You know, if it's something like, hey, this is my first time I'm running into this experience. Or, yes, you know what? I dropped the ball here. Here's what we're going to do to get that addressed. Um, Again, Customers know and understand that project managers and SI partners, they're people too. Everyone's going to make mistakes. It's how you react to those mistakes that's very telling and really determines if you're going to build that trust or create concern. Absolutely. So, Brett... You know, there, as you know, there's obviously been countless papers written highlighting all sorts of reasons for ERP failure, really looking to solve some of the challenges. But why do you think many ERP projects fail to deliver on expectations? What would you say are some of the primary reasons? Oh, my goodness. That is a... Another loaded you know, question. Uh, sure. th- do you have a couple of hours, Jack? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, there, there are three things that come to mind, and I've been saying that multiple times. I say three things because that's about as much as I can hold in my brain. So here are my three things. Uh, misalignment on the scope statement and resource commitments. That, you know, there's not agreement on what's in scope and what's out of scope. Also, the resource commitments, not only from a customer perspective, but also from an SI partner perspective. That's usually the first problem. And I'll be honest, it's it's always a problem for any project that you're working on. Uh, that's a key area that you always need to focus on. And it's continually there. Uh, second of all, Inadequate decision-making in escalations. If the customer cannot make uh, decisions in an appropriate time, if the SI partner cannot provide the information in the right context so the customer cannot make a decision quickly, the project's going to go by the wayside. Decisions move projects forward. 
And if you can't make a decision, you know, you're kind of stuck in the mud, as well yeah. as also escalations. There are point in times where, you know, a decision can't be made within the project team and it needs to be escalated. Executive support is very important, as well as making a final decision to say, okay, here's the escalation. Here's what we need to do. Here's the decision we need to make or the additional resources or investment we need to make. Finally, ownership. And this is on both sides, not only from a customer perspective, but also from an SI partner perspective. Uh, We talked a little about this earlier, Jack. If the SI partner just sees this as another project, right? And Mm. just puts in the minimum effort, they don't take ownership and what I call pride in the work that they do. That's a concern for me because they're not going to give it their best shot. And sure shooting, if we want a positive customer experience, they need to put in their best effort. On the customer side, you know, it's also about them taking that responsibility, but also enabling them to take that responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great insight, Brett. Appreciate that. And, you know, now I want to ask you another loaded question, if I may. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what role does the overall corporate culture play then in ERP organizational change and why? I mean, clearly throughout all of your responses, I'm, I'm picking up on a common theme and that's the value of the people, right? And attitude, you know, like you said, and um, so there's several key words that I would associate with uh, corporate culture. So what would you say to that? What's the overall role of corporate culture and success? I would say it's huge. And, And I've been blessed to see both extremes. I've worked with a customer recently, we just went live, where the executive ownership is is strong and they promote a can-do attitude all the way down to uh, the business users. It's almost like OCM naturally flows. (laughs) I'll be honest. It's really great because Mm -hmm. the executives are on board. It's like, hey, what can we do to help? If it means rolling up their sleeves, they'll do it. And uh, many times they've asked me, what do you need? Tell me what you need and I'll go get it. I mean, I get you everything you want, but I'm going to get you something. And it's great to be in that kind of an environment. I mean, it just alleviates a lot of heartache. ERP implementations can be a positive experience. They also can be a negative experience. Organizational change and the organizational structure has a a lot to do with that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Now, when the organization is weak, basically, by definition, I'm not an organizational change manager. You know, I know enough to be dangerous, Jack. So (laughs) when the executive owners in in committees, they're weak, eventually I'd go back to the basics and use the language that everyone can speak, especially executives. That's money. So lack of customer sign-off, is going to cost you X. Lack of user adoption is going to cost you Y. If you're willing to spend the effort, you'll find a study that can help you quantify that impact. And I've used that before because sometimes the only language that an executive will understand is money. That usually gives me further drive and direction. It's a little bit more directive, unfortunately, and the user adoption and acceptance and and engagement still suffers. But that's the other extreme in in kind of the approach I've taken in my experience. So Brett, throughout your career, I guess what challenges do you most often face as you implement ERP? You know, if you had to look across your experience over the years and across all the organizations, would you say there's any one or two main challenges that you face in general, or is it just pretty much a mixed bag? Well, always that... And I talked about this before, scope alignment and resource alignment. It's probably number one. There's always a difference in understanding. Again, you're defining scope and resource requirements. And if you're familiar with the PMBOK, I uh, equate it to a a budgetary level estimate. So Mm. with that, you kind of have an accuracy of a minus 10% to a positive 25%. There's still a lot of room for 
defining. You really don't know what you're up against until you complete a fit gap, Jack. So during that time, as a project manager, I'm spending a lot of time making sure expectations are being set. Uh, Resources are defined, uh, that we clearly have the assumptions defined and the constraints that people start knowing and understanding and aligning to the critical path. Yeah, right. And, you know, what do you need to be successful? So that's number one. Number two is making sure that we cover all the bases. I have a mindset of I'd rather fail sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Failing sooner gives me more time to react versus say like I'm in a testing cycle and then I'm seeing issues. I don't have much time to react to that and the customer experience is definitely going down. I rather, and I, I hate to use the word, I can't think of a better word than I rather disappoint yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> up to yeah. upset the customer up front. Yeah. It is fairly, it's clearly defining what's in scope, what's out of scope, what I need from you, what I need from you consultants. I rather do that sooner and get past that and come up with a plan versus just going along and crossing my fingers and hoping everything goes well because it never does. So those are probably the two key areas that as a project manager, I'm very sensitive about and uh, because I know uh, it always occurs on any project. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, Brad, another area I wanted to pick your brain on is this idea about training and learning and development or L&D in the organization. And we've had several L&D professionals on the podcast and we have more lined up. And that's very deliberate because I believe that's an area in general uh, in our practice that, that needs some work. But to what extent do you suggest and encourage opportunities for training and learning during the ERP implementation? And and that goes for, you know, before the implementation or during the implementation and post-implementation. What's your thoughts on, on that idea of learning and development, organizational learning throughout the whole process? That's a great question, Jack. And I say all three. The faster we can train, the better. Before, during, and after. Let me give you an example. So Oracle, which is, you know, the ERP that I implement today, Oracle provides free training courses at Oracle University on their applications. Is it generic? Yes. Is it comprehensive? No. But it's enough to start the journey to get the customers thinking about their world in Oracle. Keep in mind that whenever a consultant and a business user gets together, typically the customer is going to be speaking business speak their language that they've known probably for the last five to 10 years. Typically, the Oracle consultant is going to be speaking Oracle. And there needs a translation that needs to happen. It's a natural occurrence that needs to happen, that they need to get on, on the same page and making sure that they're speaking the same language. Anything I can do to accelerate that process, I want to do that. So taking that free learning is important. I recommend that to all of my customers. Also, I set the appropriate expectations of, hey, this is not the last time you're going to have to take training. Yeah. Number two is the customer needs to train the SI partner on their business process. So just like the customer needs to get a little bit more into the Oracle world, same thing for the SI partners and the consultants. So that kind of training needs to happen. Again, it's getting them on the same page as quickly as possible. Hands-on training. In other words, testing is the best form of training. Involve end users sooner rather than later. I don't believe in just-in-time training. It's plain wrong for ERP. In general, a person needs to hear or see something three times before an understanding is created. And when they have that understanding, it's internalized, then they're truly enabled. Yeah. You know, Brett, that's a great point. And and I think this idea of learning as bi-directional is so true, right? It's not just that the organization needs to be trained on the new features and functions of the platform, but even before that point and throughout the SMEs, the subject matter experts also, it's a learning experience for them as well. 
So I think that, you know, everybody's ERP implementation plan needs to be careful to consider that idea. We've actually been in sessions before where I've been asked by internal team members, why are we going through this? Because we already understand this. You know, we already understand these processes. And, and then the answer is really, well, it's not just about you. It's about the team that's going to help us get to where we need to be. You know, they, they need some time as well for some learning. Um, spot on, Jack, spot on. You know, and Brad, I, I liked your idea of the just-in-time training. And I will tell you, I have recently reviewed some project plans from vendors, and their plan was to start training four to five weeks out from the implementation. Uh, number one, I think the L&D, the learning and development built into this project plan was poor. But I think to um, just to illustrate the points you just made, I, I think that's putting the organization behind the eight ball to think that they can go through and adequately train for an implementation such as short time frame. And so I think it needs to start very early and very often throughout the entire cycle. And I know during the sales cycle, you'll hear the term, well, it's intuitive. <laughs> this is an enterprise resource planning solution. It's not intuitive. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're paying millions of yeah. dollars, right? And Brad, you know, I've mentioned, uh, I think it was pre uh, pre our discussion today when we were talking earlier before the, the recording. And I'd mentioned, you know, I think, and I've said this on other podcasts as well. I think sometimes during the sales cycle, you can take one logo off of one ERP vendor and put it on the same deck and they talk about a lot mm -hmm. of the same things. And, and I, I'm being a little bit facetious when I say that, yes, um, just having fun with it. But, you know, the point you made about, well, hey, it's intuitive. Our GUI is intuitive. Man, if, if an organization hears that, uh, that's an alarm, right? Because, yeah, maybe it's somewhat intuitive and the guided user interface is nice and it flows well. But that's really different from training. That's a bit different from really understanding the product and how it works and how it models your business. Um, so, so that's a good point. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, the other thing, and we kind of touched on some of this, but when you go through an ERP organizational change process, are there ever any conflicts, Brett, or is everything more, is it more typical that everything's kumbaya and handholding and stacking hands and everything is just great? <laughs> never, <laughs> never. Uh, yeah. there, there's always a change. And one of the things that as a project manager, and I'll be honest with you, most of the customers I work with generally do not take up organizational change. However, it's necessary. Activities that need to happen. So you typically in my project plans, I have activities that are highlighted in blue. And the customer will look at that and say, oh, what are these activities? I said, these are your activities. These are your OCM activities that you need to perform. Yeah. Well, what is all this about? And I said, you know, this needs to happen regardless. And I'm really probably, I hate to use the word, keeping it very, very simple from an organization change perspective. But if you don't know what's changing, you can't manage it. So not only do you need to do a product fit gap, but also as important, doing an organizational fit gap. Mm -hmm. Understanding, okay, maybe from a functionality perspective, yeah, this all fits. From an organization perspective, our world is changing. Yeah. And how is that world changing? Is it in terms of, okay, we used to do it in, in this order. Now it's going to be done in another order in terms of how the process is going to be executed. Before it was kind of seamless and, and touch point because we've customized it over the years. Now we're going to have to be more involved. Uh, there are more checkpoints. There are more workflows now that we need to do uh, than what we've done before. Also, we used to have one person responsible for this business process. Now it's going to be split out between multiple business processes. So knowing what those changes are going to be will help you manage that change and then drive your input into the trainings because it's not just technical training or software training you're doing. It's also business process training that you need to do. What are the operational procedures that need to change? Understanding what's changing is that first step. Knowing yeah. what those organizational gaps will be, that'll help drive what those changes and what enablement you need to do downstream. Yeah. Good answer. 100% on spot. Well, it just took me 15 years to figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you make it, and again, that's part of the practitioner role, right? Yeah. You learn on the job, but yeah. as you do, uh, you get better. Yeah. Well, if you have the right attitude.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a, you know, ERP organizational change, you know, being a practitioner in this field, you're either in it for a short period or you're in it for a long period and you take your lumps along the way and you get better and better. That's just the reality. Um, hey, Brett, I, I want to circle back. I asked you a question regarding the role of organizational culture. And in your response, you'd mentioned a little bit about leadership. So I want to follow up on that. And what leadership styles or attributes would you say are most prevalent during the best of your ERP implementation experiences? And, you know, I really like this question because I've actually spent a lot of time just looking at what we call the triad, right, of ERP organizational change. And that's the people, processes, and technology, and how do they influence each other? And I think, as you alluded to earlier, that the corporate culture and the people piece of this whole exercise is probably the most important. And then if you keep drilling down and peeling that onion back, I think it's certainly leadership, right? Because you'd mentioned earlier that having the right leadership, you know, is, is the difference between some of the best and some of the worst of your implementations. But if you peel that onion back just a little bit more, what would you say then are some of the styles or attributes with some of your best or favorite implementations? Can you break that down? Are there common denominators with some of your most, let's call it successful ERP implementations? Sure, Absolutely. Probably, and and I'm just going to keep this to three so I don't ramble for another 30 minutes here. Okay. Number one is ownership, that the executives are invested in this project. And they understand that this project, what impact will it have to the overall business success? I think having that vision and then also being able to provide that ownership and then communicate that ownership at multiple levels. It's not only, say, like within the steering committee, but sometimes I would have one of the project sponsors show up on one of the project calls, whether it's a project status call, but also a requirements gathering call or Mm -hmm. an escalation call. They show up and their presence means so much. Sometimes they'll have a solution for us and sometimes they will not. They'll just simply listen. But having that presence, knowing that, hey, I'm involved, and especially when they ask the question, what can I do to help? And sometimes we can provide them a recommendation during that meeting. Sometimes it's, hey, John, we need to figure out a couple more things. But within two days, we're going to be coming back to you and asking you to say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what we need. Here's what we need from you. When an executive solicits feedback to say, what can I do for you versus why did this go wrong? And, you know, trying to be a little bit more positive, it has such an impact. You know, there's quite a difference between a project manager saying something versus a project sponsor or an executive saying something. There are times that I will even ask an executive or a sponsor to say, hey, I need you to say this on this call. Yeah, I could say it, but it's not going to have much impact. You say it, it's going to be more. And having that partnership to say, yes, I want to be successful. I want to be a team player. What do I need to do? Uh, That's so vitally important. So that's number one. Number two is being involved in the project showing up to the meetings that you're you're being invited to. Uh, typically, for our executives, especially our sponsors, we copy them on a lot of meetings, but there are certain times where it's like, I need you on this call, being there, being available. And sometimes we kind of uh, forecast to say, John, I'm going to need you to make a hard decision on this call. We're going to provide the two sides, and I need you to be the negotiator and, and to make the final call. Uh and them being there and making that call. So being an active participant, not only the ownership, but also active participation is important. I think the third thing is uh, I love it when executives provide kudos to the project mm. team. Yeah, so that there are times when they're working 14, 16 hours a day, not only working on this project, but I'm seeing more and more of, hey, Here's your daytime job, and oh, by the way, you got this project. I'm seeing less and less of or the types of size of customers I work with. They can't fully backfill the business. They're going to have to do their job plus work on this project. They're going to have to stretch. And acknowledging that, uh, being positive, continuing to move things forward, uh, providing that kudos, it means so very much. 
versus there's organizational plans and, you know, surveys that we could do or so forth. But those three things that the executive can do that, man, it just, um, it's a game changer. So much better. Absolutely. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. So, Brett, you mentioned the idea and, and I guess some of the common attributes in the leadership styles on your more successful or, let's say, at least more effective and efficient implementations um, is that they are the voice and the inspiration and they provide kudos, right? That's some of the intangible things that's really hard to gauge, but yet very critical. And it reminds me of a, a something that you stated, I believe it was one of your LinkedIn posts, and I actually saved the quote here because I wanted to ask you about it. And that was, quote, an ERP project manager is a necessary evil. An ERP project leader is an influencer and success generator. And uh, I just think that ties back to what you were just describing in terms of leadership. You know, it's a good point, right? There are kind of two different roles. You have an ERP project manager who can also be an ERP project leader, I mean, for sure. But then when the leadership team of an organization really kind of steps into the role of being that leader and being that voice and being that inspiration and being transformational and doing some of the intangible things that really make a difference, I think that's significant. Right. And if I can just quickly summarize it, a project manager should be an active participant in any meeting. They should have enough knowledge and competency to contribute positively. To the discussion. And that's more than just the general responsibilities of a project manager. Um, typically, I try to wear multiple hats as a project manager. That's just me. That's what I feel creates a unique value proposition for Brett Bobeff, project manager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not only being a project manager, but being a solution architect, also yeah. being a troubleshooting tr- shooter. So yeah. jumping in there and getting things done that needs to get done. Also playing an advisory role. That's important. And I think that just adds to the value of a project manager because they're they're usually one of your higher paid roles, right? It's like OCM. What's the value proposition for OCM? It's a hard thing to sell. Same thing as, as a project manager. And I think we need to stretch, and I'm saying this to my colleagues as, as a challenge and to myself as well, challenging ourselves to be more than just the role. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Brad, I, and again, I do appreciate your work. You have some really thoughtful blogs that I highly recommend our listeners check out. But I've been known to collect quotes over the years, uh, having done a lot of research uh, informally and certainly formally. And I actually have a, a document that's just full of quotes. And obviously, I have a few of your quotes. So I want to share another one with our listeners. Oh, so you're using my words against me. I mean, that's a low blow. Okay. Uh, but, um, but I thought this was good, you know, and, and yeah. I have some and, and they're, you know, they're all over the board, but especially some of my favorites are for the actual project managers, the practitioners for ERP organizational change. And I think you shared this out on LinkedIn, actually. Yes. But you said, quote, I have a goal live coming up soon. And the customer executive asked me how I felt about our readiness for the goal. I said, technically, I'm not concerned. Functionally, I'm a little concerned. And emotionally, I am blank, 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 blank. <laughs> and, then, and then you go on to mention, you know, seven functions or modules across three countries. God help me for being an empathetic project manager. <laughs> so I, I think the point there, and I just want to get your response to that quote in general, um, but I think it goes to show you the many quotes I have with the challenges of this. And it's no easy endeavor uh, at all. But I like the word that you use there, empathetic project manager, because I think that there's been plenty of work done, plenty of research that shows one of the common denominators amongst effective leaders in general is that they're empathetic. It's this idea of empathy. Can you elaborate more on your quote in general and maybe why you put empathetic project manager in there? Oh, oh sure. Why is Brett Absolutely. empathetic? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure maybe some of your listeners might say scratch empathetic and put in their incompetent project manager if he's so emotionally uh, (laughs) strained. But it's really you want the customer to feel like you're in the same boat that they are in. Implementing ERP is hard. It's not simple. If it was simple, you wouldn't need consultants. Uh, It's hard. And for system implementation partners, we do this day in and day out, right? 
and we kind of know what to expect. But sometimes that leads us to being a little insensitive, especially to the emotional stress that our customers are experiencing. Uh, This is probably the project that's going to make their career or break their career. And they have high anxiety over it. As a project manager, it's important that you address those fears, say, okay, here's the things that we've done to minimize those fears or those risks. Are there other risks that are out there that we have no control over? Say, case in point, COVID. Don't have uh, control over it whatsoever. No, we have compensating plans in place to address this. But there are thousands of variables that go into play into a successful ERP implementation. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you can control some, but you can't control all. But it's reaffirming with the customer, okay, here's what we've done. We've done our due diligence. Yes, is there an area that still can cause us an issue? Absolutely. But what I try to do is point them back to, okay, we've identified other problems during this implementation. We addressed it. We had the right people. We had the right team. We got the process to do this. But yes, am I anxious as a project manager for this goal life? Absolutely. I sleep with my phone at my side uh, 25 years later, and I still do that. It's still kind of an, an emotional high for me. Um, right. But I think that resonates with our customers to say, hey, I've been there with you. I'm, I'm there with you right now. And regardless of what happens, we're going to get through this. We're going to yeah. go live. And that reassurance, I think, is um, a soft skill that project managers need to have that that really, you know, uh, instill that that trust and that confidence because everyone's going to come to that point, especially on the customer side. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and providing that input is good because, again, I'm not arrogant enough to say, I'm 100% sure there, there's not going to be any any challenges. Yeah. I'm human just like everyone else. I think anyone who states that they're 100% confident is either totally doesn't know what they're talking about or they're not being honest. It's one or the yes, other. <laughs> you know, Brad, you'd mentioned, you know, I think aligning on expectations and this idea of being honest and realistic is absolutely crucial. And I think being empathetic is key to that because, you know, as you know, when you go into an organization, they know what they know. They usually know what they don't know, but a lot of times they don't know what they don't know. And yes. and I think that's the value in being a part of the value in being an empathetic project manager is, is being able to use that soft skills you mentioned in being able to adequately convey that, right? You know, hey, hang on, hang on tight because, <laughs> you know, this is, uh, let me let me try to help you through the part where you you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's key. Brad, this has been a fun conversation. I really appreciate it. But let me get in one more question. Okay. And that is, if you were going to give advice to an organization preparing for an ERP implementation, what little golden nugget would you like to leave with our listeners today? If you could give them a Brett's advice, what would that be? All right. We're going to work on uh, on the three theme again. So I have okay. three points. <laughs> Number okay. one, organizational changes is not an option to save money or a nice to have service. It is required. A lot of the customers I work with typically look at organizational changes. Hey, you know what? That's where we can save some money, regardless of if they have the capacity to do that or, or not. And sure shooting um, is necessary. It has a strategic impact on the customer's experience, as well as whether or not the customer feels that the ERP implementation has been successful. So... First and foremost, that's something that I'll I'll stress to our customers over and over again. Number two, involve end users sooner rather than later. Another traditional approach of, okay, we get this all figured out and then we'll bring in the users at the last minute, do the training, and then voila, here you go. That's, to me, a recipe for disaster and not true enablement. Get in users sooner rather than later. Set the right context of, hey, This is not fully banked, but I want to involve you sooner rather than later. It's getting away from the old paradigm of the waterfall approach of, okay, I want to ensure that I provide you a complete solution. Almost like in golfing, 
you know, hitting a hole in one. <laughs> Rarely does it happen, right? Versus, yeah. okay, let's take a stroke. Let's iterate. Let's get a little bit closer and a little bit closer so that our chances for success are going to be better. It also gives you an opportunity to learn during the project versus after the project. But involving users sooner is key to that. And yeah. yes, it might take additional coordination, but it's well worth it, especially around the user engagement and the user adoption. Finally, set appropriate expectations, then deliver, right? Yep. And yep. really uh, hustle. It's about coming to the critical path, sending those right expectations, and then delivering on that. Because if you don't deliver, your customer is not going to trust you. Great pointers. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your passion and dedication to our trade. So thank you for that. Can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and or uh, Mastec? Sure, absolutely. If you want to get in touch with Mastec, you can go to www.mastec.com. We are a full service provider, um, not only of uh, technology services, but also implementation services for package software. If you want to get in touch with me directly, you can contact me at brett.bobelf at mastic.com. And then finally, my blog, it's uh, www.erptherightwayoneword.com. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. That's super. And, and we'll be sure to, to uh, share all that out in the show notes for sure. Well, Brett, thank you again. I really appreciate your time. It was a fun conversation. Be well, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, thanks so much, Jack, for giving me the opportunity to share and to learn from you as well. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ERP OCJ podcast. This podcast is intended as a forum to study, share, and discuss ERP organizational change successes and challenges. We discuss the people, process, and technological components of ERP organizational change by drawing on knowledge from extensive research, collaborative learning, and practitioner expertise and experience. We are incredibly grateful to have friends, colleagues, and mentors join us in our podcast as we seek to promote, connect, and foster relationships in the ERP organizational change community and contribute to its success by bringing research and practice closer together. We want to make sure this is the most useful and insightful ERP podcast you listen to, and we'd love your help in doing so by leaving us feedback and a review. A great place to do so is at Apple Podcasts. Just click on the Listen in Apple Podcasts link, then click Ratings and Reviews, and let us know your thoughts. You can get more info about the show, including show notes and episode highlights for this and all of our episodes by visiting nestleandassociates.com and clicking the podcast option. Please join us again next week as we discuss the latest ERP organizational change research, practice, and stories. And don't forget to follow us on social media, hashtag the ERPOCJ. Thanks again for listening. Have a fantastic week.